Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Praise God. All right, let's, let's, let's pray, get into the Word. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will come forth in and through your word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. This morning we continue with wisdom for living. And um, we're looking at the four kinds of people that you'll find in the book of Proverbs. Or the four types of people. And types or kinds, which, which works. Kinds, huh? <laughs> Praise God. So, there, there are four kinds of people. If you read from Proverbs chapter 1 up until Proverbs chapter 31, you will see a description of four kinds of people. So, the, the book of Proverbs addresses these four kinds of people. And um, every kind or every type has a characteristic, right? If you were in school, you learned the characteristics of living things, right? Right? Nobody learned that here? Did you learn the characteristics of living things? What was what's the acronym for that now? Mr. D. Ninja or Mr. Ninja D. All right. <laughs> And so, if you put that alongside, you will be able to tell if this thing is a living thing or it's a non-living thing. Alright? Because if you don't understand what's a living thing, you're going to call a stone she. Or call a stone her. <laughs> Alright? So, the characteristics of these four people helps us to identify them. And, and the first group of people that you find in, in the book of Proverbs... Is called the simple ones. Now, now it's on. It's it's very important you understand Bible language. When the Bible says the simple ones, it's not a good word. Hmm? Actually, it's almost it's almost like someone who's ignorant in that sense of uh, using the word the simple ones. So, what are some of the characteristics of the simple ones? Proverbs chapter one. Okay. So sometimes you will read, it will refer to a woman, it will refer to a man, but we're not looking at the genders, we're looking at their characteristics, so anyone can fit into that. Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 22, I'm going to use the amplified version. Proverbs 1, 22, uh, it says, How long, O simple ones, open to evil, will you love being simple? And the scoffers delight in scoffing and self-confident fools hate knowledge. The first characteristics of the simple ones is that they see no need to change. They love who they are. They see no need to change. They love who they, they are. Now, the New American Standard Version talks about the naive ones. They are naive. Alright? Simple-minded. They, they don't see any need to change. There's, they don't see need to change. They don't see need to transform. They love who they are. 
What's the second characteristic? Proverbs chapter 7, verse 7. Just, turn, just put your Bibles in Proverbs. We're just going to be in Proverbs, okay? Proverbs 7, 7. And I saw among the simple ones, I perceive among the youths, a young man devoid of understanding. The Amplified says, And among the simple, empty-headed and empty-hearted ones, I perceived among the youths, a man void of good sense. So, the second characteristic of the simple is that they are devoid of understanding. They don't have understanding. A devoid of understanding. A devoid of understanding. Hmm? A young man lacking sense. No understanding. No understanding about life. No understanding about the ways of God. Number three characteristics of the simple ones. Proverbs 9.13. Proverbs chapter 9 verse 13. A foolish woman is clamorous. She is simple and knows nothing. Hmm? The Amplified says the foolish woman is noisy. She is simple and open to all forms of evil. She willfully and recklessly knows nothing whatsoever of eternal value. They know nothing of eternal value. Very noisy. Recklessly and willfully ignorant. They choose to deliberately be ignorant about the things they should learn. You, you know, I, I look at some people and they say, well, I'm struggling to grow spiritually. You know, we've got a lot of resources. There are books. There are tapes. There are messages. There are materials that should help you grow. But too many people are too lazy to put in the effort. Too lazy to open their Bibles. Too lazy to study the Word. So, the Amplified says she's willfully ignorant. She, she made a choice to be ignorant. And some people are like that. Are you still here? Willfully ignorant about the ways of God and the Word of God. Willfully ignorant about the Bible and instructions concerning where God's Word is concerned. Sign of being simple. The next characteristics of the simple ones, Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 15. We're looking at four kinds of people in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 14, 15. The simple believes every word, but the prudent consider well its step. The Amplified says, the simpleton believes every word he has, but the prudent man looks and consider well where he's going. The sign, one of the signs of a simple one, the characteristic of a simple one is that they are gullible. They believe everything. Something happened to us a couple of weeks, maybe about two weeks ago or a week ago. And um, we, we stumbled on several, several uh, publications concerning it. And the publication was wrong. The way someone was addressed there, it was wrong. And then, uh, <laughs> my attention was drawn to it. Over 13 blogs writing about that incident had all their facts wrong. And I was wondering, 
Including a, a, a national newspaper. And I was wondering, how many people would have just read that and believed that? I knew it was wrong because I, I had inside information concerning what was written. I'll tell you this, you can't believe everything you read on the news media. The news media was designed to set an agenda. You know, the news is so powerful that if they want us to fight ourselves right now, they have to calculate, calculatively push out things, 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 until you believe that the next man is your enemy. And, and the simple ones believe everything they read. Praise God. Believe everything they read. But it says the wise man will consider. You know, most times we, we hear of bomb blasts and a couple of things happening in the country. And then my friends always asking, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? And I'm like, I'm hearing the news the same way you're hearing it. At least here. You know, but the way it's reported out there. Because hmm? they believe everything. Being gullible. You know, traveling out of this country as a Nigerian, if you've ever traveled out, you know that immediately you step in the other country and your passport is flagged. I mean, you, <laughs> you would go through... They'll pay special attention to you, actually. Very special attention. Sometimes they'll check everyone, allow them to pull, they'll put you separately. Take time to check you. Because they believe everything they read. Praise God. Proverbs 19.25 Proverbs chapter 19 verse 25 Strike a scoffer and the simple one will become weary. Rebuke one who has understanding and he will design knowledge. They only learn by experience. They only learn by experience. The simple ones only learn by, by experience. You can compare Proverbs 21 verse 11. It says, when the scoffer is punished, the simple is made wise. But when the wise is instructed, he receives knowledge. That means, all you need to make a wise man wiser is to instruct him. But the scoffer has to be punished. Or he only learns by experience. Only learns when tragic things have happened. Only learns when he has lost opportunity. Don't wait to go through all the bad experiences in life before you learn the lesson. Lean on to the Holy Ghost. Get, get the Word of God. Get materials. Get books. Study. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Experience is not the best teacher. The Holy Ghost is the best teacher, not experience. The experience of other people can be your teacher, but not the best. It's one of the class teachers. Glory to God. Come on, I said glory to God. So, we've looked at the simple ones. Let's look at Proverbs 22, 3. The last characteristics of the simple ones. Proverbs 20, 22 and verse 3. 
Looking at the four kinds of people you can find in Proverbs. A prudent man foresees evil and hides himself. But the simple pass on and are punished. Hmm? Amplified says, a prudent man sees the evil and hides himself. But the simple pass on and are punished with suffering. Yeah? They, they, a, a wise man would see something and say, oh, this will not end right. The simple man will just enter like that. Until he's punished. Glory to God. You don't have a reason. If you have the word of God with you, you don't have a reason to fail. Not one reason. The word of God will instruct you. It will teach you. Praise God. There are many lessons you can learn from God's word that will put you over in life. That will bring increase your way. Says the wise sees evil and hides himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. They go ahead, just you know, some people's life, there are no breaks. They just <laughs> they just go. Just go. They don't let, they don't know how to calm down in life. Until something negative happens, then they pause. Praise God. Now, the, the second type of people we have, and, and you find this, sometimes you find a mixture, a hybrid of, of these characteristics. You find somebody who has uh, 40% characteristics of being simple, and then a couple of percentage in the other characteristics. But God wants us to walk in wisdom, absolutely, to be the wise ones. Now, we talk about the scorner. The second type of people we find in the book of Proverbs are the scorners. Proverbs one twenty two. The scorners. Proverbs one twenty two. How long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? For the scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. Hmm? The same characteristics they share with the simple ones. The scorner enjoy what they do. So they do not change. And let me tell you something about change. One of the most powerful things you can do in this life is to change, is to transform, is to become better. Now, the challenge with change is, is most times we don't think we need to change. We don't see the need to change. Okay? We don't see the need to change. Uh, many people are comfortable with their lives where they are now. And so it takes someone higher. It takes maybe the word of God, the Holy Spirit, or a mentor, or somebody you respect to tell you, I, I think you need to change in this area. And most people do not change easily. I'll tell you that. Many people do not change easily. In fact... <laughs> Changes takes time. If you think it's a lie, look at yourself and look at the goals you set at the beginning of the year and what you told yourself you would do this year. It's been 25 days. You haven't changed. If you, if you actually look at your life, you realize that you are most probably the same person you were at the beginning of 2020. The same habits. Come on, how many of you agree with me? You don't agree? 
Yeah. Say amen. I'm going to wake up 4 o'clock and pray. 2021, we are going to take you by storm. January 1st, woke up by 4. 3.30. January 2nd. 3rd. 4th. Say, I will start by weekend. <laughs> and then, upper Monday, say the year is just starting. Somebody that is alive that will pursue go. You start giving yourself all the excuses. And after the second week, you know what's happening? You're back to default mode. Psychologically, it takes 22 days to establish a new habit in your body. And then it takes 66 days to make it your second nature. If you wake up consistently 4 o'clock for 66 days, your body will naturally wake up. With a, even if you wake up and you don't want to do anything, your body will be up. For instance, at a particular time, there was a, there was a particular period, myself and my wife, we used to wake up, maybe at about 3 a.m. to pray, we just pray for church members and then, and then go back to sleep. I mean, we did that for a period. And uh, after, even after we stopped, for the next weeks, we still just got up at that time. Probably just get up and then we just, you know, talk and go back to sleep. That's why you see that even if you're somebody who does school runs with children, you wake up by five. Even when you, during holidays, you wake up by five. So you, you will not change easily. That's why to marry somebody hoping they will change, you are playing Naira bets with your destiny. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Change is not that easy. It has to come with the Holy Ghost. It's not easy. And the scorners love who they are. They scorn at knowledge. They just like who they are. Because, you know, people always say this, accept me the way I am. We, we need to be careful about that statement, really. We can't, we, can't, we can't accept you just the way you are if you're not in the right mood. We've got to accept you the way that is acceptable. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I mean, imagine that you're always insulting people. And then you say, accept me the way I am. No, your insult is going to make military men beat us one day. <laughs> and so we need to deal with that. Praise God. Number two, the scorner, Proverbs 9-7. Are you learning something this morning? Proverbs 9-7. He who corrects a scoffer gets shame for himself. So one of the, the, the characteristics of a scorner is when you correct them, you are the one that now gets shamed. That means they don't accept correction. Hmm? I told you, get this wisdom for living series and listen to them again. Don't just dump them. Go back. We talked about correction. Did we, did, we, did we spend a full Sunday talking about correction? Yeah. Now look up from that day till today, how well have you accepted correction? Don't let that lesson slip. Don't let it slip. Listen to it over and over again. So, uh, it said, if you reprove a scorner, you get shame. Why? Because they will not take it. Talked about the scorners. The number three characteristics of the scorner, reprove him and you get hated. Proverbs 9.8, the next verse. Proverbs 9.8. It 
If you reprove a scorner, you are the one that gets hated. Do not correct a scoffer lest he hate you. Rebuke a wise man and he would love you. So, um, one of the characteristics of a scorner is that they hate the people that correct them. Praise God. They hate the people that correct them. It says, when you rebuke a scoffer, he would hate you. He would hate you. You must, in your life, you must learn to accept being told the truth. Nobody, many people do not like being told the truth. People say, well, the truth is bitter. Uh, it's, the truth is not bitter. The truth is just truth. It's people's tongues that are either bitter or sweet to it. The truth is just truth. It's what it is. When Jesus came and was teaching, he was teaching the truth of God's word. Religious people that tried to kill him. It wasn't because the truth Jesus said was bitter. It was just the truth. But their tongues were bitter. Because to some people, the truth set them free. Praise God. Are, are you following this now? So if you, if you reprove a corner, you get hated. Those are some of the symptoms. Proverbs 13 verse 1. We're talking about the corner. Four kinds of people. We're on the second type. Uh, Proverbs 13 verse 1 A wise son heeds his father's instruction But a scoffer does not listen to rebuke hmm? So the other characteristics of a scoffer Is that A scorner sorry Is that he will not hear rebuke He doesn't listen Have you heard that said about certain people This person does not listen They've got these fan blades at the side of their ear, like every one of us have. Right? But they will not let the word get in. They don't listen. It's a sign of someone who is a scorner. Don't listen to nobody. <laughs> a scoffer or a scorner, the, the New American uses the word um, scoffer. King James and Amplified uses scorner, scoffer, does not listen to rebuke. Doesn't listen. Build your life in such a way that they don't have to tell you the same thing over and over again. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Build your life that way. They don't have to correct you over and over and over the same thing. When they correct you once, Take a hold of that correction and go work on it. You will become better for it. You will become better for it. There are things if you imbibe in your life, forever they will be with you. Forever they will be with you. For instance, uh, this attitude of um, um, not reading, right? You, you, maybe you don't like to read. Or you like to read, but you really don't pick books. It's in your heart. You know, people will still encourage you. 
Try to read something. Try to read something. Because when we were going to school, uh, we read only to pass exams. Okay? So you were in school. They were teaching other things. You know? You're doing other things. Doing other things. Yeah, exam is next week. Oh, next week. Oh. And then you started, no, Father, Father, you, you know, let us, you will not put us to shame in school. <laughs> and then you read that way. So you passed. You read, you passed, you read, you passed. And now you've graduated. Uh, you didn't have that, you didn't cultivate the habit of reading. That's not reading. You know, when you are a reader, you, you want to glean information. You're reading to learn something, to become better. You're reading to add knowledge to what you have already. That's what reading is. Reading is not because... Now, the challenge why you're finding difficult to read, there's no exam. Because your motivation whilst you were in school was to pass. Now, there's no exam. You are now a man of your own. You are now a woman of your own. So why will you read? Are you following that now? But when you have the habit of reading... You know, oh, you people go to the library too much. What are you going to the library for? You know, and when you have the habit of reading, by the time you left school, what happened? You still read books. Are you following this? Another habit. Or a habit of being on time to, to, to meetings. You know, many people don't have the habit of punctuality. It's a nature. And they go back. Uh, uh, then you see people make an announcement. They say, we are meeting nine sharp. <laughs> There's no nine that is sharp. It's just nine. Or, no African man time. You are following that? We don't need all of those announcements. What's, what's the concept of African man time? It's a culture that is rooted in late coming. Uh, I, I've gone to meetings. I mean, I'm, I'm a big stickler for time. I've gone to meetings, and they invited me to the meetings, maybe birthday party or something. Well, I hardly go to birthday parties, but somewhere they invited me. And they said, we're going to start by three, and we're going to close by the... And I go there by three, and they're by three. I said, ah, sir, you are Elio. But, but you said three. Ah, you would have called us before coming. You said three. And I'll just be there say, ah, okay. Ah. Uh, people, you know people. They will start explaining. And then I say, well... I gave myself one hour to be here. And then, maybe by four o'clock, I said, oh, I need to leave now. I said, ah, we'll soon start. No, 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 no. I don't have an extra hour. Are you following that? When we started church, it was the same thing. When we started church, I would announce time for, for a meeting. And then people would come. Come late. And they would close. As of the time we said we'll close. After a while, people got on the culture. Because if, if you come here, nobody's going to wait for you. We don't use praise and worship to wait for people. It's an insult on God. Huh? It's an insult on God. People are praising. Uh, whatever praise is praising. Uh, your hands. Your hands. Your hands. People never come. Oh, yeah, continue. 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 Your hands. Your, what, what nonsense is that? And then after a while. Huh? And that's why when you invite people for certain church meetings, they'll tell you, don't worry, they'll be praised, they'll, they'll do praises now. See, we don't have, we, you see, sometimes we play too much in this part of the world. And, and so, your whole day can be scattered because all the things you will go for, no one is on time. Including the church service. 
I, and so the early days, I trained my people here. We start up. I preached, I preached to myself one day when we started church there. Nobody came. I did. Well, I didn't do praises. I just. Because it's, I mean, I don't know how to sing it that way. Did my message close church as when I should close church? I mean, I just go. You stay faithful to your assignment. But, I mean, uh, that habit of, of um, going early. Another habit is the habit of putting things back where you took them from. Is that a word of knowledge? Right? You know, if you don't work in it, <laughs> you look for your car keys the day you have interview. So these are little things you need to find out. <laughs> these things might look very little, hmm? but they'll push you ahead in life. They'll give you an extra step in life. Extra step. That you would require. Praise God forevermore. Are you still here? Okay. Um, Scorner, Proverbs 22.10. You know, what, what, what are we dealing with this month? We're talking about what? Wisdom for what? For living. So, is it good we're talking about these things? Wisdom for living. The attitude of being organized. It's a culture. If you come to this church, when it is not service days, the church is arranged neatly. I remember last, uh, was it a Sunday? Some people helped out with tracts and, and they were leaving. Uh, well, I mean, one of the brothers was leaving. And I asked him, I said, oh, please come back, help us, put the chair back. The, the, if you walk into this auditorium on a weekday, it's neat. It's straight up. Being organized. Being orderly. You know what you're doing part time. Not scattered. Praise God. Not scattered. It'll help you. Your workspace, your work environment, your bookshelf. You, it'll help you. These are little things that believers need to incorporate. Not just speaking in tongues. You can't be speaking in tongues on top of a dustbin. You're the righteousness of God in Christ. We know and we agree. But have you ever taken a look at nature? Have you ever just looked at how excellent God is in arranging nature? Have you taken a look at natural pictures? Hmm? Even if you just go into the forest, maybe walk into one of these forests and just stand from afar and look at how even the forest without being kept, just green, probably, probably arranged. Look at how the butterflies, on the, the colors on the butterfly feathers are, are arranged neatly. Good combination, mixture. That's how excellent your God is. Don't be a bad representation of a good God. Praise God. You know, one of the things we had to struggle with in planting the church and getting the church going was, was people were not used to that 
I mean, some people were used to it, but some people were not used to that level of organization. You know, when the place is scattered, it means that the Holy Ghost is moving. Chairs broken, people spitting everywhere. The power was much. Just scattered. And then by the time the service was ended, everybody was tired. And they said it was the move of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. <laughs> Things doesn't have to be noisy, scattered, chaotic for you to know that God has moved. Praise God. When it says the, 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 the Spirit of God moved upon the waters, it didn't scatter the water. Learn to bring organization into your life. Tomorrow is Monday. What do you want to do? Hmm? You're so close on Monday. You have soaked all the clothes. We're talking about wisdom for living, right? Soaked all the clothes on Monday. You now realize there's no soap. Hmm? And just, ah! No soap. Clothes are inside the water. Then you now realize that on Tuesday you have to go somewhere. That shirt is inside water. You now, you got, where you were using to save money that, that you bought here yesterday, now no money to buy soap. Then there's shirt inside water. And you have to, it just cut out. Hmm? No organization. You can be in your house. Your friends will come and carry you and move you around town. At the end of the day, you are tired. All of those events, no one concerned you. Hmm? I'm go now. Say, they do anything? They say, no, 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 I'm free. Okay. Then you went for funeral. From funeral, you went to bed. The party. They say, ah, one woman there, that the, the woman lost, uh, lost the father. And all of you belong to the same house. You now went there. You cried. You cried there. And then from there, you now enter the party. You are not dancing. You see the, the emotions. Your body is already, are we crying or we are dancing? You're, you don't even know what you're doing at that time. So you cry, you cry for 20 minutes, then you go and dance. <laughs> if you are not organized, your life will be complicated. You'll be busy and you would look back and say, so what did I do? You know this thing about reading? I'll challenge you. Read 30 minutes every day. After a while, your desire to read will do what? Will come up. You know some of you, when you see book, right? We say, ah, wait, there's this book. It'll help you. And it's like you say, oh, wow. <laughs> when person will finish this one? No, 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 no. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Hmm? If the size of the book scares you already, you will probably not read it. Hmm? One day, a, a, a pastor friend of mine sent me a book, uh, about 250 pages. Well, it was big, big writings. I said, well, I looked at the book, I needed the information. I started reading about 8 o'clock, and then I finished about maybe 12 or 1, maybe 1 or 2 a.m. I, I read the book that day. And I read it well, I understood the content, sent him the review the next day. It's doable. 
Praise God. It's doable. Some of you need to sit down one day and just finish a book. Hmm? There's certain times I'm reading and I'm feeling sleepy and I pick the book and I'm walking in the parlor. I'm reading. I'm walking and I'm reading. I'm walking and I'm reading. I'm walking and I'm reading. So I say, if sleep, they catch me like that. I don't understand anything. You will. Tell yourself, I understand. You see, it's not your body that controls you. You control your body. If you had that, let me tell you, let me say this. I'll say this quickly and then move on. We have two more people to study. Do you realize how all your brain stays active if you have a deadline? For instance, if they say, submit something tomorrow. Hmm? What will happen? Assignment. Go sleep and I say, no, ah, sleep. Why? Your body is programmed to like, we have to get this done. There's an emergency. Are you following what I'm saying? Now, you can live that way. You can live that way. Praise God. You can live that way. Now, let's go to the fool. The next one is the fool. Uh, get a hold of our message. I, I think I taught last year 40 symptoms, was it 40 or 20 symptoms of foolishness? I've done that before. 40, I did 40 signs of the foolish person in the book of Proverbs. Get a hold of that message and listen to it. It's a lot of signs there. Proverbs chapter 1 verse 7. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. Proverbs 1 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. The first sign of a fool is that they have no fear of God. Okay? Have no fear of God. They don't fear God at all. Sometimes when you get online, you see people. Zero respect for God. The fool have said in his heart, there is no God. You know, sometimes, uh, especially in this generation, when we do certain things for God, you know, people criticize us. Like, oh, why? Why are you spending that money? Why are churches not building factories? Hmm? Say, why are churches not building companies? Have you heard that, that argument? People say that. Don't, don't even argue with them. It's, it's an anger against God and His church. The first question, your first question any sane person should answer, what is the responsibility of the church in a society? Who should build factories? In a sane society, who should build factories? Is it the church? They say, oh, with all the money the church is getting... With all the money the church is getting. <laughs> let me tell you something about the church. Most times, let me tell you something. Most times, churches are able to do so much. Because ministers that are over those churches have the fear of God. And they maximize the resources that the people bring. To do what they are doing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, everybody brings their tithes and their offerings and we're able to build an auditorium. We're able to buy this. We're able to get a bus service running. We're able to get this organized. We're able to get this. And people think that, well, we should carry that money and go and build a cassava uh, grinding machine plantation somewhere and employ two people. That's better. 
We should leave what God has asked us to do to go and build factories. The, the scripture says the church is the pillar and the ground for truth. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There is a role for the church. And because of all this pressure that pastors feel, that's why you now see a lot of pastors uh, now becoming business consultant, uh, coach. You know, sometimes you look at pastors and you're like, okay, what are you doing? Are you a psychologist? Or because pastors want to fit into the mold of society. The primary role, we're going to deal with that next month. The primary role of a pastor is to teach you God's word. If you want to go and learn business, go to a business school. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The church has a role, has a sacred duty. And many times also, many people do not know what goes on within the church to help people, to get people going on. There are several people in this ministry who have been trained and on scholarship and have graduated, had their diplomas through the ministry. We don't have to put that on Facebook. We don't have to come and announce. We have given 40 people scholars. No. The Christian faith teaches us to do things in secret. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And because of that pressure, I'm teaching you something now. The fear of God. Because of that pressure, pastors have responded. Anything they do, they want it on Facebook. I paid your rent. Come, stand here. Take the money. Ah, this man is good though. He's just giving people money. Is that why God called him to be a distributor of money? Is he, is he, a, is he a financial uh, a, a community bank? You see, don't let poverty make you redefine the role of a minister. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And some people say, well, instead of giving my tithe to the church, I'll go and give it to poor people. Go ahead. Since you have decided to rewrite scriptures and respond in your own way, feel free. I'll tell you this. There is no man who is called of God that will not get the job done if God actually called him. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because most of us, we do reactionary Christianity. If you study the word of God carefully, there is a portion of your income that goes to the church. There is a portion of your income that goes to the poor. There is a portion of your income that goes to your family. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's what we talk about being organized. You cannot in anger carry your family money and give to church. No. The, the Bible forbids that. In the book of Mark, it talks about that. And then there's a portion that goes to your church. There's a portion that goes to your minister. There's a portion that goes to taking care of the poor. And that's why God had to teach them the tithing, the percentage of the tithing, and several percentage and several offerings. Why? So they can have a system of giving. Are you following what I'm saying? They have a system of giving. It's not that uh, a pastor offends you, you would hold your tithe. Your mother offends you, you, you will stop her allowance. You, who are you? Are you following what I'm saying? You just live in such a way that, you know, it's what you want that should go on. If not, you would starve people of their resources. I'll tell you this. Charles Thompson Taylor said, God's work done in God's way will never lack God's supply. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, one of the signs of a fool is that they, they don't have the fear of God. Number two, Proverbs 49 
They mock at sin. Proverbs 14 verse 9. They mock at sin. Proverbs 14 9. Fools mock at sin. But among the upright there is favor. They laugh at sin. They, they consider sin to be enjoyment. Obviously they would. Because they have no fear of God. They laugh at sin. They mock at sin. They mock at sin. It, it's, it's, it, they make mockery of sin. They don't understand the devastating effect of sin. I told someone the other day, if sin was not that potent, why did Jesus come to do something about it? It will destroy your life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It will ruin your life. You know, people look at sin, for instance, even in the natural. You know, sin has natural consequences. Let's leave the spiritual consequences. Go, go and steal. Hmm? Go and steal and see where you will end up. You end up in prison. You end up beaten. Okay? Or go do whatever you want to do around and you end up with the sexually transmitted disease. Those are natural consequences. But fools mock at sin. You know, one day, I was listening to this comedy. I used to enjoy the young man do comedy and everything. But one day, the, the, the Spirit of God, you know, just pricked my heart a little concerning that. You know, all the comedy is always... Um, making a mockery of tongues, you know, making a mockery of church songs, making a mockery of, you know, things around the church. And I said, no, this is no longer a comedy. It's no joke. These are sacred things that we hold in high esteem. And that day I, I just stopped. Because fools mock at sin. Proverbs one twenty two: fools hate knowledge. Hmm? Proverbs 1.22 How long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? For scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. Fools hate knowledge. Don't like knowledge. Don't like learning. Huh? If you look at our nation, very little money is put into research. Go to the universities. Very little money is put into research. We hate knowledge here. We just like assumptions. In your own life, how much are you contributing to your own knowledge? Hmm? How's your library? How's, how, what, what, what are you, what's your passion for knowledge? You know, you come to a ministry like this where we, we are endeavoring to teach God's word. You know, sometimes for some people, really go, ah, no. Give us preaching. <laughs> hmm? Give us preaching. Because, you know, getting that knowledge takes time. You have to write to make sure you get the point. You have to, oh, okay, we're doing ten things. Oh, seven, what's number six? It's you're going for knowledge. Being educated. But, you know, it's easy. You go to the church. Where knowledge is not being passed. No responsibility. See, even though things are bad, God is going to turn it around. Even though you're going through hell or high water, God is going to come for you. God is turning your mess into a message. Okay. What have you achieved? And people just live with this emotional satisfaction, but they don't have a clue what the scriptures are saying. I said this a couple of days ago, and I'll say it again. In every generation, 
God will always have to restore the sanity of biblical teaching back to the body of Christ or people will go into the extreme in every generation. There must be people who call people back to scriptures. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Like, let's get into the word again. What does the word say? Sometimes it can be boring, but we are wise because we want knowledge. Praise God. You see how Jesus dealt with the multitudes when he came? How he was teaching them? He opened up his mouth and teach them. And begin to go through and teach and teach and teach and teach. He performed miracles, but he taught and taught and taught and taught. Then he would finish and he would call the disciples to himself and what? Will explain what he had taught again. How many of you think the disciples would be tired? Come on, how many of you think so? Say that we were there now. <laughs> but this is the meaning of the parable. <laughs> you know, when Peter, when Jesus taught that message and people left him about eating his flesh and drinking his blood, and the people left, then he turned to Peter. He said, Would you also not go away? What did Peter say? Peter said, To whom shall we go? For you have the word of truth. They stuck with Jesus because Jesus had the word of truth. So fools hate knowledge. Okay? And then they enjoy doing wrong. Proverbs 10 23. They enjoy doing wrong. Fools enjoy doing wrong. We're looking at four kinds of people in the book of Proverbs. The fools enjoy doing wrong. Proverbs 10 23. Then, if you look at, let's go quickly. If you look at Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15, they are only concerned with themselves. Proverbs 12, 15. They are only concerned with themselves. A fool lives a selfish life. Hmm? The way of the fool is right in his own eyes. Only about himself. He's right in his own eyes. Concerned about himself. Once he feels right to him or her, She'll go ahead with it. Not considering other people. Praise God. I said praise God. Alright. Now. Um, Proverbs thirteen nineteen, A desire accomplishes sweet to the soul. But it's an abomination to fools. To depart from evil. So, when, when we talk about departing from evil, the fool doesn't say it as a good thing. They want to get into evil. Get into more evil. They don't depart. The fools are rebellious. Proverbs 15.5 They are rebellious. Proverbs 15.5 A fool despises father's instruction and correction. They despise instruction. They don't follow instructions. Yeah? They don't follow instructions. You know, most times, <laughs> until, until there's a penalty, people really would not follow instructions. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Proverbs 17.10, they are difficult to correct. The fools are difficult to do what? To correct. They're not easy to correct. They're not easy to correct. Difficult to correct. Difficult to correct. Don't be difficult to correct. Be easy. Learn to be easy to correct. And I told you this, every time I talk about wisdom for living, I talk about it all the time. When you are growing old, minimize your mistakes. Okay? Reduce the amount of mistakes you make. 
Some mistakes are, are most likely irrecoverable the older you get. That's why you, you're careful. You take careful steps. You're, cal- you're calculative in your step. You are, uh, you're, you're taking steps prayerfully. You're not just doing things because everyone is doing them. You take your time. You're not in a hurry. You plan. You pray. You trust God. Difficult to correct. <laughs> Proverbs seventeen twenty one. The fools are a parent's nightmare. Proverbs seventeen twenty one. He who begets a scoffer does so to his own sorrow. And the father of a fool has no joy. Have you read that scripture before? <laughs> there are many scriptures in the book of Proverbs. I like the book of Proverbs. Ah, man, I love it. It's very direct. It says, the father of an empty-headed fool has no joy in him. In fact, uh, maybe I'll teach... Okay. We've, we've de- we've de- there are four kinds of fools in the book of Proverbs. If you study Proverbs, if you use the amplified version, you'll see that there are four kinds of fools. There's the empty-headed fool. There's the self-confident fool. That, that's another classification. You understand? This one is general. We're looking at foolishness in general. Now, if you want to go deeper into foolishness, there are four types again. The self-confident fool. He knows nothing but very confident. Then there's the empty-headed. This one. 1721. He says, The father of an empty-headed fool has no joy in him. The, the man is not happy. The parent's nightmare. So, uh, giving birth to children is one thing. That's one part of the equation. Infusing those children with wisdom is the greater part. To give birth is easy in that sense, right? The work will be to train up the child. That's, that's where, it, because uh, if, the, if the child does not walk in the wisdom of God, it will bring no joy to you. Are you, are you following what I'm saying? So, uh, as parents, you're, you're go, and, and I'll tell you this, right? It's not about training your children so they will take care of you. That's not, we're not talking about your children as an investment uh, 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 tool or, you know, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about them having even the wisdom to live their own lives. If a child is wise, he'll look after you. He knows what to do to look after you. But as you give birth to your children, invest in their training. Sometimes take time off to be able to pour into them and train them. Hmm? Go through your children's homework. Ask them what happened in school. Spend time to talk with them. If both of you are busy, let one of the partners step down and help to look after those children. Because you've got your children with you for probably about 16, 17 years and they'll be off. They'll go to secondary school. I mean, and if they go to secondary school, they are on one way out. They're not going to come back again. So that 16 years, spend time with them. Are you hearing what I'm saying? What happened in school? What, 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 what's going on? How's your studies? Find time. Don't just say, I paid school fees. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying? And when you're giving birth to your children, ask yourself, outside of just training them in school, how many children can I properly raise? The children have to be, they have to be raised. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
Come on, are you, are you here? We're talking about wisdom for living, right? Do you think this is important? Children have to be raised. There are many ways, there are many other things to raise children with. How to dress, how to look after themselves, how to be respectful. Are you following what I'm saying? How to, um, you know, many things. So, you know, I, I want a family, I want a family. It's not just for picture. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You now carry your child in your shoulder. They don't say lie down. Raise your hand. They like you say, ah, family. Is it? No, that's is good. That one is good for the likes and your your frame. But for life, they need to be raised. Prop and it takes time. Even as a pastor, I mean, <laughs> you have to spend time with your children and, and, and pour pour into them because the fact that your pastors doesn't give them automatic. Uh, Admittance to good character. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, Proverbs 17 28. Proverbs 17 28. We're looking at the characteristics of a fool. Even a fool is counted wise when he holds his peace. When he shuts his lip, he's considered perceptive. So, the fool's mouth gives him away. If he, if he keeps quiet, people will not know that he's a fool. So the mouth will give him away. What comes out of your mouth when you speak? What comes out of your mouth? How is your communication like? Proverbs 26, 4 to, 4 to 5 says we, we need to deal with the fool carefully. Proverbs 26, 4 to 5 Do not answer a fool according to his fully, lest you also be like him. Answer a fool according to his fully, lest he be wise in his own eyes. Hmm? Sometimes, and I've seen this a lot, when you engage people at a level that is where you now get into their own... Have you ever fought with, or have you ever argued with, uh, you know, someone who was, I mean, who was just out of this world? Hmm? You want to fight with somebody who doesn't mind going naked, and you are dressed with suits. You know, by the time they are done with you, both of you will be alike. That's what he's saying. He says, go to the first verse. That's what he's saying there. Verse 4. Hmm? Do not answer a fool according to his fully, lest you also be like him. That means if you answer a fool according to the measurement of his foolishness that he's bringing, by the time the argument is done, both of you will be alike. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If there's anything I'll teach anybody, the greatest thing is to learn the power of communication. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When somebody is angry, and you to say, you think it's only you that can be angry. You think it's only you that's a business. You think it's only you that is mad. I will tell you that I'm mad. You know, you, you have gone. That's Proverbs 26. You are gone. The, the funny thing is, by the time you are done with that level of madness, he, that is his natural habitat. Madness is his state of being. That's his culture. That's his way of life. You were sane until you, you, you immigrated to his country. Now, you have to be deported back. When you come back, you would ask yourself, so what have I done? You know, a situation came up with something we need, we need, we need to do here, of the compound that would require us dropping our fence and a couple of things. And um, the man was talking, so I went to him. 
and, and, and he was talking. I said, uh, he was talking, oh, we need to bring down our fence, we need to get certain things done, this, that. And I said, I said, first of all, sir, you have the right to do what you're doing right now. And we're wrong. You know what? We took, and I, I spoke with him, I mean, talked very calmly to him. And uh, he now came back. He now said, uh, okay, first of all, I like the way you talk. He said, because we've also met some pastors, and they will tell us, we cannot break this thing down. It's the house of God. You cannot fight God. If you start that way, they will fight God. Do you understand? You know, you know that, that, yeah, yeah. They will, before you know, they will just bring, you can't fight with the government. Do you understand what I'm saying? See, let me tell you the truth, Sam. No matter how anointed we are here, if the government comes and decides that they want to put a bridge here, we should move our church, you will move it. Hmm? You will. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When they came and said they wanted to break fence, would you not tell them that uh, that's the house of God? They should not break the fence. You wake up one day and discover that you and the house of God are nowhere to be found. Scripture says, so what am I saying? By the end of the day, they found a solution around it and we don't have to go through that. But one scripture I have never forgotten in my life, the Bible says a soft answer will turn away wrath. No matter how angry a person is, just be calm. You know, one day I was driving, I re- realized my papers were expired. I, I really wasn't too, too cautious about them. So they stopped me. Uh, the road safety people stopped me. So before they stopped me, I said, how are you? Uh, Greeted them very nicely. I said, how's your work? They said, sir, I would like to look at you. I said, first of all, my paper expired. Okay? They expired. So, so, so I discovered late. I'm working on them. I know there's a penalty for it. I'm willing to take the penalty. But I just want to let you know that they expired. So I gave him. He looked at it. He said, ah. Okay, you can go. Okay? Now, I don't give bribes. It's my culture. It's wrong. Uh, I've, I've been in situations where sometimes my paper is expired or something, or something, something, and then they ask me for a bribe or something. And I'll tell them very simple. I said, you know what? Number one, I'm wrong. I know there's a penalty by the law. I don't even say I'm a pastor. I said, but I don't give bribes. Because I just think that we should build a better nation, and it starts with me. <laughs> And so, let me know what the law says, and then we can engage it. I've, I've left my keys before with the police. I mean, stop me. I don't even know what happened. Ah, yeah, we'll go to the station. I said, not a problem. So, this is what will happen. I'll come down. I will give you the keys. You'll drive to the station, and then I'll go to the station myself. Or I'll, I'll go behind. They say, drive the car. I say, no. You are arresting me, right? You drive. I'll sit behind. Would go. You know, when they see the calmness... You know, I know at that time, you know what's going through your mind? All police are thieves. They will not take my money. I said, I will deal with this. And at the end of the day, and I said, okay, so how much? You know, don't do that. Do you understand that? <laughs> don't answer a fool according to what? He's fully. If not, the scripture says what? You will become like him. Hmm? Have you seen where people are fighting and some people went to separate the fight? And then they heard what happened. They now got angry and entered the fight. <laughs> huh? People were fighting. They said, ah, what's that? No, you both should not fight. They said, ah, he said this. He, ah, he's in my <laughs> That's what it happened. You have entered and you're not responding. 
And you know, when people see three of you fighting, they will not know what you came to do. You don't have to react at the level people are reacting. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Praise God. The wise man. Let's look at the wise man. The wise man. So, uh, we, we've talked a lot about wisdom. So, are you learning something this morning? Yes. Alright. So, next time when someone is shouting, just calm down if you can. <laughs> I know your mind, you'll be saying, give it to them. Give it to them. Just remember. Remember Proverbs. <laughs> are you hearing what I'm saying? Just remember Proverbs. Ah, thank you, Lord. <laughs> ah. You know, let, let me say this. I'm sorry to say this, but I have to say it. You know, sometimes you think these things we're talking about, they are because we're young. Hmm? Have you seen some of our honorable members fight at the Senate chambers? You, you cannot grow this thing. Now say so you're passing that bill and then a house of Senate. You know, when they call somebody your excellency, honorable member of the Senate, those are people who pass the laws for the nations. You will see them with blows. At the end, you are a senator on TV for breaking somebody's head with a chair. That is somebody's grandfather. What he refused to deal with has exposed him at the chamber. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So what we're teaching are things that would help you for life. When you become a senator tomorrow, I don't want to see you breaking people's head in the National House of Assembly. You know, I say, I remember that senator. Yeah, that senator. Ah, the one that uh, broke, broke Senator Doma's head. Oh, I remember him now. There's sometimes you see senators with singlet torn, blood flowing, and those are our honorable members. His Excellency. Hmm? The wise man, Proverbs 1 5. The wise will hear and increase in learning. So, if a man is wise, you take these teachings and you would increase in learning. Praise God. Number two, Proverbs 9, 8. The wise will take correction. The wise will take what? Correction. Everybody say, I'm wise. Therefore, I'll increase in learning. Say, I'm wise. Therefore, I'll take correction. Hallelujah. Proverbs 9, 9. They receive instruction and they get wiser. They receive instruction and they get wiser. We're looking at the characteristics of wise people now, of the wise man. Number one, Proverbs 1, 5, they would hear an increase in learning. Number two, Proverbs 9, 8, they would take correction. Number three, Proverbs 9, 9, they would receive instruction and get wiser. Proverbs 9, 10, the wise men fear the Lord. They fear God. They fear God. They fear God. The fear of God is in their heart. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. The fear of God is in their heart. Proverbs 10, 14. They obtain knowledge for the future. I like this one. Proverbs 10, 14. Proverbs 10, 14. They obtain knowledge for the future. Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 14. Wise men store up knowledge, but with the mouth of the foolish, ruin is at hand. You store up knowledge for your tomorrow. You read for tomorrow. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You're about to get married. You get some books on marriage. You're about to raise children. Buy some uh, uh, parenting books. Okay? You're about to start a church or you've been put into a leadership position in church. Get leadership books. Prepare for the future. 
Alright? You're being moved into a department in church. Get materials around. Store up knowledge. Store up. Read for the future. So that when you get into your future, there's a knowledge bank you can lay your hand on to bring forth knowledge. Come on, are you still here? We've got a bookshop right in front of church. Get a book. Buy a book. If you don't know which book to buy, I'm available during the office hours. Come. And pastor, this is what I want to learn. We'll look for books for you and read. Take one day a week and read. Don't say, I don't know how to read. No, no. None of us were born with readers. We learned it. Every good habit can be learned. Just as a bad habit is learned. Are you following what I'm saying? Come and say amen if you're here. Alright. Proverbs 21.20 God blesses the wise man. Proverbs 21.20 God blesses the wise man. Then the last one. Proverbs 29.11 Make sure you are available for wisdom school on Wednesday. We're looking at a very, very solid topic. It's our last wisdom school for, the, for, for this um, series. So make sure you're here on Wednesday. Proverbs 29, 11. There is precious 29, 11. Proverbs 29, verse 11. A fool always loses his temper. <laughs> but a wise man holds it back. Do you see that? A wise man has temper, but, but he holds his own. His own is on chains. Hmm? Amplified says, A self-confident fool utter all his anger, but a wise man holds it back and steals it. I like that. He, he holds it back and he steals it. But a self-confident fool will just talk. You know, let me tell you, everybody is nice until they get angry. Hmm? Ah, Everybody's nice. How are you as church? Oh, okay, this is a more than a church or a family. Until somebody offends you in the church. See, that thing you people are saying more than a church. That thing, first of all, they'll distance themselves from the church. Say, that, that your church and that your pastor. I will deal with all of you. A fool's utters everything in his mind. Hmm? That's why I always advise couples when you're having little crisis and misunderstanding, there are words you shouldn't use. Hmm? I know you are very angry with your wife. Don't say you goat. I regret the day I married you. I regret. Why did I even see you that day? You know, just talk and talk and talk. You too call your husband pig. Pig. <laughs> you know, maybe you guys have settled. One day you'll just be bringing food. you just say, ah. Now this woman call me pig. You know, she to us is cooking. Say, hi. Now me they call goat. You know, those words are stored in people's minds. Are you hearing what I'm saying? They don't evaporate into thin air. Sometimes it takes the grace and the mercy of God. And the enemy knows when to bring those things out. So when you are angry, tame your anger. Put it on chain. Tame it. Hold it. Be still. And you realize, how many of you, I mean, we all have experienced it. How many of you have gotten angry at a situation and shouted and, and then you went back and sat down and looked at yourself and said, ah, what was wrong with me? Eh? Why is that? Because you said all those words, then you now go back and apologize. And then we say, it's okay. Uh, it's okay. But remember, many months after you are talking, say, ah, you remember what he said that day? <laughs> ah, be careful. Just be careful of that person. It's good now. If it's back. <laughs> are you hearing what I'm saying? There are even pastors that have gone to the pulpit to preach message with anger. You know, remember, does something. They will, they will blast the whole church. 
You people think I'm wasting my time here? When God called me, <laughs> when God called me, it's not because of a, a pastoral work. You think I know what I will be as a business or oh, God? Tame it. Eh? Or you hold the program, a lot of your church members did not come. Then the ones that came will now suffer for the ones that did not come. This church is not serious. And the people there is all those things are anger issues. I mean, there are times for rebuke and correction, but it must be done out of love. Are you hearing what I'm saying? One thing that, di- that helps me a lot when I'm angry is this. The anger of man will never work the righteousness of God. There's no how you are angry. And you now work out righteousness. Praise the name of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We give you praise and glory. We submit ourselves to you today. And we ask, Father God, especially when it comes to the issue of our anger and hearts in our hearts, that in Jesus' name you would help us to, to, to speak only words of blessings. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.